Hello, this is Cole Moon, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Beth, and I'm going to be talking about a fall farm visit. This is Sydney, and I'm going to be talking about kettle corn. And this is Randy. I will be talking about football on Thanksgiving. Wow, that's a that's a fun topic. Like always, we go to our holiday happenings first, though. That's right. Have you guys been enjoying the? Uh, I haven't, but have you guys been enjoying oh the weather goodness. cooling down a little bit? So oh amazing! It is so nice and cool outside. It is awesome. We actually woke up and Beth turned on the heat. I was okay with not having the heat on, but she felt the house was cold. It was sixty-five in the house, so we don't normally have the house that cool. Usually, it's around. 70 degrees in here, but... Which is already too cold. Which is already really warm. I already turned the heat off. But, yes, it was really cold when I woke up this morning. And me and Noel were down here, and the fire alarm and the house went off because, um, yes, the heat hadn't been on for a while. Right, right. right. It always does that. It's tradition. Every year it does that. (laughs) For a couple minutes, and then it goes away. It Mm -hmm. does, yeah. But for us, when we're recording this, we're about two weeks before, in fact, we are two weeks before Halloween. So we have had a lot of fun Halloween-related happenings going on. I finally was able to find and work the, the timer candles for the gargoyles that Cole got me for Halloween. Did you? And figured out how to put them in the hands. I used black clay so that they would stay still. Mm-hmm. And then now they're on timers so they go off. Oh, in the evening. That's so, super yeah. clever. Really I'm nice. super excited. I haven't seen those yet. I'll be super excited to see those. They yeah. are really cool. They are a black glittery candle and mm. the flame it flickers. So it looks like an actual candle but from the especially at night. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And so it looks like grim grinning ghosts are coming out to socialize. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. It especially looks pretty cool in the fog. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, That's true. true. That is true. And then I also finally put up the Halloween tree that we've been talking about, uh, which is a metal tree that's got like layers to it. And I had a few, I think like four actual ornaments that were character ornaments from the Haunted Mansion and Snoopy's uh, Halloween. And then Beth bought a bunch of orange unbreakable ball ornaments. And put those on with orange lights. So it looks really nice. And there's it, more to come. More more actual Halloween themed balls. Orange and black. It does. And it's not just like black and metal. But like looks like a Christmas tree. It looks different. Because the right. like branches kind of come out. And they have various kind of twists on them. It almost looks like uh, one of those like ornate like wrought iron fences. That you would yeah. see. Uh, like around Halloween time, like around the spooky mansion, but all put together as a big tree. So yeah. even the tree itself isn't just black. Right. It, yeah. Uh, it's pretty it cool. Looks, yeah. Oh, I just noticed the uh, you have a haunted mansion gargoyle order. Yeah, I do. Your, it, like your little ones out front. It's little candles light up too, just like the ones in front. Yep, those candles are a lot bigger proportionally though. They are. That's yeah. true. Absolutely. And then we also had a chance, Sydney and I to carve our Halloween jack-o'-lanterns to scare away the 
evil spirits. Evil spirits, as they are scared away by jack o Exactly. <laughs> Listen to former podcasts and find out more about that. That's right. Even though mine is a happy face jack o lantern Apparently, just seeing faces or anything in a jack o lantern. That's right. Or horns. Spirits are like, that's not where faces belong. I'm out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Cindy, what did you do? I carved a Pluto into a Pluto head into my pumpkin. And again, it's not scary, but some people don't like dogs. So, you know, maybe some of the spirits. You say this as Noelle is. <laughs> I'm taking. Taking Randy's notes from the she, table. Yep. Taking she was some lick, nibbles. She was licking his nose a second ago, too. <laughs> <laughs> she's being about as adorable as you could be. Oh, she bit my hand. Oh, she, oh she's just nibbling on it. <laughs> yes, that was fun. And we made pumpkin seeds as a result. Dug mm-hmm. out all the pumpkin seeds. No pumpkin seed was left behind. It's true. You made sure every one of them were there. There were over four cups of pumpkin seeds mm. in there. Between the two big pumpkins. Which were the ones that you gave me. Yeah, that's it. Yes. So Yeah, yeah we had some pretty big pumpkins. Half. Mine was I think about twenty seven and a half pounds. Mm-hmm. And then the one that Cole and Keelia got yesterday was about twenty eight pounds, I think. So somewhere so, around there. So bottom line are much more than no well. Yeah, that's true. Oh my goodness, so much more. Yeah. 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 So we'll talk over three times the amount. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. talk more about where we got those pumpkins at later in the podcast. And then we also lots of things going on. I mentioned last time that the Haunted Mansion Muppet Show was out and we hadn't watched it yet. We've watched it twice now and we've absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's, That's going to be a classic for us. Yeah, it's going to be a new, well, it has become a new Halloween tradition. As Dad and I were <laughs> carving our pumpkins, we were also watching slash listening to the Muppet Haunted Mansion special. And yes. Yes, definitely a classic. And if you've ridden the Haunted Mansion ride and are familiar with it... It has a lot of references to the ride. One of the funny parts is when uh, the ride shuts down at Disney World, they, they have this <laughs> spiel that plays over the microphone or over the loudspeaker while you're sitting in the ride. So they did that in the uh, movie as well. That was really funny. Yeah. It was hilarious. Uh, have and you watched it? There's Yeah, yeah, I did watch okay. it. I did watch did it. Did you like it? Oh, yeah, it was adorable. It's got that kind of Muppet Show variety show kind of flair to it, mm-hmm. yeah. where they go from scene to scene and yeah. they do something a little different. If you're familiar with the Muppet Show and the Haunted Mansion, in the Haunted Mansion they've got uh, a big ballroom where a lot of different things are happening, and in the Muppet Show they've got this bit where the Muppets are dancing in a ballroom and it like zooms in on different couples dancing and they each make like a bad joke yes <laughs> so they even did that with like ghosts yes it was awesome spinning and yeah. making bad jokes yeah. and that's great um i think one of my favorite parts was in the haunted mansion there are two portraits on the wall both holding pistols towards each other right and then ghosts come out and they aim the pistols at each other and they shoot yeah uh but in the haunted mansion special two muppet ghosts came out and they both said draw and then they both pull out sketch pads and pencils and right. start drawing I each other loved, rapidly. I love that scene. Yep. I laughed so hard. That was great. It, it was, was great. It is such a, it is a very, very family friendly, very wholesome, but also very spooky. And it has some great music in it. It combines the music of the Muppets with the music from the original Muppet Show show with some music from Haunted Mansion as well as some music that they've created on their own. Mm. So it's like a really interesting mix. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So they did a great job incorporating the Muppets and the Mansion. Yep. 
So the other thing that we mentioned in the previous podcast was we had two weddings to go to. We went to one last week. We've got one today, actually later today, today we're going to go to. So the one last week was in Ohio at a farm and it was an outdoor wedding and then an indoor reception. But the the farm has like big open doors. So it's inside. So it's covered and everything, but it's basically open to the elements. But uh, that was outside. that actually worked to our favor because it was cool. It was a warm, very warm day. Right. So um, it cooled off a little in the evening. So it was actually nice to walk outside because the, it was with all the people inside too. It it was very warm. But but yeah, you could walk outside and it was nice and cool. Yes. So yeah, it was really lovely. It was a very nice wedding. You know, if you're gonna have an outside wedding, just it's so completely unpredictable these days what it kind is. of weather you're going to end up with so we've had weddings we thought were going to be hot that ended up being very cold yeah um, we've had weddings we thought were going to be cooler that ended up being very warm which was going to be this case except that we got to go inside after the wedding itself one of the things that i really liked and appreciated about this wedding and it was something that i am surprised more wedding venues and wedding planners don't think about is that we were in the shade yes to watch the wedding we yes. didn't have to worry about the sun beating down yep. we didn't have to worry about trying to see with you know we didn't have sunglasses on we didn't have to worry about yeah and it was just lovely yep. having it in the shade was lovely yeah and a lot of outdoor weddings just don't i don't yep. know why now the we mentioned last week we weren't sure how fall would be incorporated into the wedding. So I'd say there was a couple ways. One, it was outdoor and outdoors and it was surrounded by trees. So, you know, it's kind of the fall shading of the trees. And then the cake they had, they actually had cupcakes for yeah. the attendees, you know, all the people in attendance. Um, the and cupcakes, it was lovely. It was a cupcake bar. Yeah, it was a big cupcake bar. And you had multiple choices yeah. of flavors of cupcakes. Yeah. So you had traditional chocolate and vanilla, but you also had apple and pumpkin spice yeah. um, as well. So that sounds very fall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and it was really, they were beautifully done. They were beautifully put on the bar. They were easy. They, you could see easily the flavors of them. So yeah, it was really nice. And we'll let you know next week how... Today's wedding incorporates the season or not. And while we were in Ohio, I got a chance to go somewhere I've never been before, which was the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I spent a few hours in there the morning of the wedding. Jealous. And it was great uh, because Beth said, go without her. So it was just me and probably about 20, 30 other people in the, in the whole museum. And it's a really, really nice museum if you're interested in football and football history at all. They have... Some high-tech displays. One of the, my favorites was to get a chance to be a referee and make some of the hard calls that are reviewed by the booth. So you get to be the ref that reviews it in like a big review station, just like they have on the sidelines. Oh, and you go funny. in and they give you multiple camera angles and they tell you the call on the field. And you just go and you have to select, do you think they made the right call or that's, do you want to reverse the call? That's interesting. Do they... Okay, so they don't, like, tell you. It's it's open to interpretation, so they don't, like, tell you what the correct answer is. They do is. in the end. They do in the end. Okay, yeah, did yeah. you get the correct I guess answer? Every, not that we were counting or anything, but I got all of them right. You got all of them right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did yeah. you reverse any calls on the field? Yeah, some of them I did. Yeah, it was really interesting because you had 
really good camera views from different angles, but sometimes somebody's body would be blocking something, so the mm -hmm. other camera view really helped. So it was a lot of fun. It was, and the, the history of the game goes back into the 1800s. So it was very interesting for me. You know, I started paying attention to football in the 70s. So to kind of see how football evolved over the years was really interesting. And to see all the great Steelers and all the whatever the other players, but all the great <laughs> Steeler players and their information and their head busts yeah. in there. That's super exciting to, yeah. to go back and look at when the Steelers were good. Yeah. And, no. <laughs> and appreciate the times past. So many Steelers were in the Hall of Fame, are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So well, the Steelers, the Steelers have oh, yeah. been there for a lot longer than. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it'd be to combine the Haunted Mansion with the Hall of Fame if all the busts followed me. Oh, that would the be hilarious. You followed me <laughs> as I walked through. And sang songs as you went through. <laughs> but they had all six Steelers Super Bowl rings in there. Um, they had samples of all the Super Bowl rings over the years, so you could kind of see how big they yeah, get. And you uh, you sent me a picture of, uh, for anyone who doesn't you know watch football, one of the, the Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker, just kicked the longest field goal in NFL history, 66 yards, and they just updated that. Well, a week later, yeah. they had his jersey in there with his shoes, that he used in that game to kick that field goal. They had a whole so display. They updated it quickly. Yeah, they did. Quick, more quickly than I would have expected. Yeah. Yeah, they had a whole little display in there about it. So And you said um, it was very high tech. Very high tech, very modern, very open, you know, a lot of ability to move around. I really do encourage you to go if you like football at all. It's it was a very fun visit for me. Um, if you like the details. I really liked football in culture. And it had like football in um, commercials and in videos and in, you know, different cartoons and movies and things like that. That was really interesting as well. So, And despite going there, you said you didn't get any Steeler stuff because like you even had a shirt on that was in the store. Yeah, I already had like, the shirt that was available. Too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I didn't buy any Steeler stuff for myself, um, but I bought a lot for you, Cole. You, you bought a lot of Steelers stuff for me? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Um, I'm sure I'll have plenty of like bonfires in <laughs> Florida. Yes. So that was a lot of fun. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, being able to visit again sometime in the future. And also just want to mention the fall leaves are not quite here yet. In fact, we had our friends, the Kincaids, ask about when the fall leaves were showing up. Because <laughs> And did they miss them? We said, no, you'll miss them when there's no leaves on the trees. Right. It's still pretty green out. <laughs> yeah. So it's still very green here. The leaves are changing definitely now. So I'd say next weekend should be a pretty good fall leaf weekend. Yeah. yeah. And the Kincaids, being from Houston, moving from Houston, aren't used to what happens around here. So Holly was like, did, did I blink and miss it? And... I don't know if we've told them about the leaf peepers that actually inundate our town to mm -mm. see the pretty leaves. No, that so should we be may next need weekend. To, we need to warn them during leaf peeper season. Yeah. They might want to go toward Winchester versus Front Royal because there's a lot of leaf peepers in Front Royal. Of course, next weekend, Cole and I won't be here to see the leaf peepers. Yeah. Oh, Why is well, that, Cole? That's right, because we're removing that weekend. That's right. I'm now, I'm moving. still uh, kind of where? coming up and down and doing things... For, you know, uh, these past, like, few weekends to prepare for, for right. Florida. It takes a lot um, of prep. Yeah, so on the weekends especially, I've been uh, very busy. Uh, 
for instance, yesterday I spent um, pretty much all day once we got back from where we acquired the pumpkins. Mm-hmm. That we'll talk about. In that a we'll moment. talk about momentarily. But I spent the rest of the day packing, and I didn't realize how many decorations I actually had mm-hmm. until I started packing them all up. Yeah, and it was like three huge boxes. Nice, full of them. Yep, yeah. and mistakes were made. There was one box that I finished packing and I taped all up, and I went to lift it, and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, too well. heavy. Time to ditch the Baltimore Raven stuff. Well, that's not the heavy stuff. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, all the heavy stuff. That that box had all my like extension cords and everything in oh, it. Oh yeah. So those will those will weigh it down. Um, it's amazing if you have a lot of them, how much it weighs. I, yeah, it was crazy. The the one box was so heavy, and I was like, "What's in here?" And I was like, "It's only all my cast iron decorations." <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> That's weird that it would weigh a lot. And for any new listeners that haven't been following, Cole, our our son, is moving to Tampa Bay, Florida mm-hmm. area, yeah, south of Tampa Bay. In case you're looking for him, yeah, yeah, and it's well, Here's it's his address. It's one of those things, I'm moving down there with my girlfriend and my roommate, and my girlfriend and I, when people ask me, where are you moving, I say Tampa Bay, because it's on Tampa Bay. It's like 30 minutes south of Tampa, so it's, and it's, within, the prox- it's within the proximity of the city, and it's easy for people to recognize. If you say Tampa, they, they know where that they is. Know, you know, they might know roughly where that is, but it's a little town called Ruskin that's on Tampa Bay. And Kelia will not say Tampa and will not say Tampa Bay. She will only say Ruskin and then spend an extended period of time explaining where Ruskin is in proximity to Tampa. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, just tell people Tampa Bay. It's on Tampa Bay. It's funny. People from, and she's like, no, it's Ruskin. People from the Pittsburgh area, wide western Pennsylvania area, do all do the same thing. And we know that about each other. So if I say... Where are you from? And you say Pittsburgh. We Oh, then we start diving down into, yeah. oh, where in Pittsburgh? Oh, well, actually outside of Pittsburgh. Okay, where outside of Pittsburgh? Oh, in this county. Where in this county? So we do it to each other yeah. all the time, right? So you kind of start big because people well, don't know Ruskin. Yeah. Right? They would know Tampa. They though. would know Tampa, yeah. Well, I imagine in Pittsburgh, they would they would phrase it as, where are yins from? Uh, if they're from Pittsburgh. If yes. they're from Pittsburgh, sure. yeah. Where, where in Pittsburgh are yins from? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that'll be a big weekend next weekend, moving and getting everything going and Cole's dealing with all the little details that are stressing as far as oh my goodness finishing up here starting down there yeah. so many things yeah, so many do. little things as I'm sure the listeners know when they when you move it is a pain in the butt yeah. and you dad are helping them move and pack this coming weekend correct yes yeah, so pack I'll up help. the truck not the insides of the house right right yeah. and then I'll help and then I'll drive down with them and help them move everything inside right along the way so that'll be good Mm-hmm. And helpful to them. And hopefully everything will go smooth there. Yeah. So one of the last things that was a holiday happening that actually leads us into our first topic was yesterday we got to go to one of our favorite places in the fall, uh, which is known as Great Country Farm. That's right. Great Country Farms. We live in Front Royal. Great Country Farms is about, what, half hour to 45 minutes it's away? It's an hour away. An hour away. I didn't realize it took an hour. I guess time flies when you're having fun. We must have been chatting and talking about the trip, and Noelle was with us. Yes. I think it took me and Kelia under an hour. I think it took us closer to 45 minutes. Okay. Well, 
We were driving carefully. We had precious cargo. Noel was in the back um, seat. And I think it may just be our proximity was a little closer. Well, and this was Noel's first trip. Yes, true. To the farm. Yep, because she's a puppy, and she's only, what, seven months old? I think eight now, yeah. Oh, and there were so many things to smell and see. Yes. She was having so much fun. She had such a busy day. She did. So, Great Country Farms is an annual trip that our family makes to a farm in Bluemont, Virginia. It started out as just like a regular farm, and the kids actually went to preschool in Bluemont. This is when we lived closer to Bluemont. Our kids. Mm -hmm. Our, Our children, Sydney and Cole. And they went on field trips to this farm to pick apples, I remember. And that was, how old are you? 25? I'm 25, yeah. So that would have been 22 years ago. (laughs) So a couple (laughs) decades ago. Yeah. Um, And you still asked us, do you guys remember this? And I was like, no, I don't remember (laughs) this. Weird. It was so cute. But over the years, as we've gone back... It has grown, and they have done an excellent job of going from the regular farm to a place that is an event, is an experience. And that's what we like about it in the fall, because you go, you have to pay an entry fee to get in, and then they have a variety of things. If you have little ones, it's great. They have a ton of different things for children to do. We stopped and waved at the little little cow train they have a tractor with and i counted 16 little cars behind it and it with children in it so when we see that we stop sydney and i stopped and yeah. we and it's all pa- painted to look like a cow a cow yeah. it's so cute and so the kids were having fun and they were waving we usually go to pick apples and to do to Pumpkin. pick pumpkins yes, to choose from. our pumpkins so let me open it up to the family what else do you think about Great Country Farms? What do you like about Let's, it? So what are some other things that are there? Let me just say, it looks Hallmark picturesque. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is so cute. And there are farm animals, and they make their own food. And yeah, it's just very picturesque. Yeah, yeah. And there are... And it was smaller in the past, but it must be doing really well because they keep adding things on. They've got, they've got big like hay rides that take you out to where the pumpkins are. Um, when you go in, there's a store and they have all their own uh, merch and various sweets and, and cider. They, yep, and pump and pies and pastries yeah, and, and jams. Donuts. It's funny that you say hay ride. When you guys were younger, it literally was a hay ride where we sat on hay bales. Yeah. Now they're like wagons with really nice, with nice seats. <laughs> some of them are covered. Yeah, yeah. it's really. It has definitely grown and they've invested into the Definitely, business. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And they've got they've got a bunch of events and attractions, but inter-mingled like, with all these events are almost kind of zoo-like, these little enclosures where every few... Yards for, or whatever. Yeah, every few yards, every, you know, like it seems like between every attraction is a little animal pen of some Enclosure, kind, yeah. Which is great for, for kids, but right. they've also got... Their Roosterant, uh, which is a rooster-themed restaurant. Right, that's right. Um, they've got pig races. Yep. They've got a million different kinds of mazes. 
Mm-hmm. If you've got young kids, they've got a giant, like, inflatable, bouncing... Yep. They now have two. Thing. They no, do. They've now yes. got two. They, they've added another one, yeah. yeah. They've got two. And it's kids really... are always bouncing on that thing. Yes. yes. And they're huge. Yep. They've got a ton of different, like, those big, like, play sets that kids can go up and climb yep. around on. They've got one that looks like a giant pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're, they're themed. They have, yeah. Different themed ones. Some of the mazes are bigger than other ones. They've got a corn maze. Yep. They've got, and it's huge. Uh, like, big chess and checkers sets that are, like... Yep, that you can play. Um, and huge ones. Not, like, full person size, but, like, kid size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which are... Meaning, like, actual child size. Right, like, three feet. Yeah. Two, three feet tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And they have like goats everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, in, yeah. in, in uh, goat heads. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so they, have, they just have so much. They have apple launching. Yeah. We didn't get to experience that yesterday. We we went yesterday. We were there around 9 15 a.m. Yeah. A.m. Because Dad, Randy knew it was going to rain. And so we were pretty much done by noon. As we were driving out, it was starting to sprinkle, and it was it, from there it rained. Mm-hmm. So we were we went at a perfect time. And to uh, give you context for what Mom means by apple launching, you go up on a I think it's a decommissioned fire truck. Yep. And they've got these big like air cannons. Yeah, they look like howitzers. They look like howitzers. They they're pretty big. Yep. Uh, and you can load apples into them and fire the apples at a little target range and splatter the apples against right. targets. And they've right. got targets out there. It's like a bunch of abandoned vehicles. It's a big target range. But they have yeah. targets on them. And they put targets on these vehicles or on like hanging from trees. or yeah. So you can shoot towards things. Different things, is, yeah. If you hit it with a velocity... Uh, cool. These are old apples, so they they explode. They basically. splatter, and it's really satisfying. Yeah. So th- that's also really popular. There's always people up there doing that. Yeah. And I loved it. It was like you can. This is to me. This is just excellent thinking on their part. So the apple season's pretty much over. So they have all these old apples. They make their own apple cider. They have apple cider donuts and things like that. But they have still have a ton of apples. So they sell you like five apples for a dollar or something. Five old apples for a dollar. So there, you get the apples. You don't have to find them anywhere. You get them handed to you, but they make a little something from the old apples. On the old apples, and uh, the range uh, is you know the ammunition you're using is biodegradable, so it's not even like they have to go out and clean the the range. It's not a a money dump for them. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, and all the. Animal pens, you can pay to feed the animals. They'll give you feed for them. They have huge turkeys, multiple turkey pens. I think we saw three they different so separate big. turkey pens. Yeah. They have a ton of goat pens, which are huge. And the goats really are comfortable with people, and, but not dogs. I'll let Sydney talk about that later. And then they have um, duck pens. They have pig pens. Mm-hmm. They have, um, what's the other animal I'm forgetting? They have um, uh, chicken, a bunch of chicken pens mm-hmm. as right. well. Um, and they... Actually, the animals help them um, with making products that then they sell to the public. So that that's fun too that they have like the baking things and all you know. So that like the eggs they get from the hens they used in the baking and and things like that. They so, have pig runs. Yeah, that's right. Pig, pig races. races. People races. love the pig races. Really and you can buy these little pig snouts. That's right. As part of your cheering on for the different pigs. <laughs> and little kids buy them. And wear them, and they have like just like a like a, string, a rubber strap. string in the back, and then a snout, literally just a little plastic pig snout. And I was walking around laughing. I'm like, all these kids, 
Or well, walking around with little pink cell like that too. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about getting in the spirit of the pig race. Thing. Yeah. It's about. It really is just. It's a fun place to go. And yeah. there's a lot of dogs. People yes. bring their dogs. So Cindy, why don't yes. you talk about um, Noelle's experience at the? Because Noelle can't speak for herself. So right. why don't you speak right. on yeah. her behalf? So it's a very dog friendly place. There are there were little dogs, medium dogs, big dogs. But um, when we went, there were some dogs. They weren't, like, as the day went on, more people came and more people came with their dogs. But when we first got there, Noel hasn't really been to a place like this with a lot of different kinds of animals and with a lot of different uh, kinds of people to this extent, right? Right. So, Very, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, so she was, like, all over lots and lots of different stuff. So there were, like, old... Corn stalks, yep. And so she was all right. over that. For decorations? Yes. yes. Corn stalks Which was really cute, but she hadn't experienced corn before. She's seen hay, but not corn. So she wanted to stop every few feet and sniff <laughs> them. <laughs> there was lots to sniff. Yes. There was a lot there of things so to much. sniff. But um, one of the first things we came across was a big goat pen. And the... They had little goats in it. One big goat. Yeah. And lots of little goats. Lots of little goats. And... They had like different fencing. There was wire fencing, but also just the normal like wooden fencing as well. But the wire fencing was like big enough for Noel to stick her head in, like easily. So um, the first goat she went up, she was like really sniffing, and the goat was like okay. And then all of a sudden, the goat kind of lunged at her, and that kind of like it wanted to headbutt her. Yes, right, yeah. which is what goats do when they want you to go away. Yes, yes. right. So like obviously, so the goats were very people friendly, but they weren't like really keen on small puppies. So, um, they pro- they most likely have had experiences mm-hmm. and they're like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this was a really good experience for Noel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, she would go up and usually, usually she would sniff them, but after that first encounter, she was a little skittish to stick Get around. Too close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but this was really good because then we got to walk around and, um, when Cole and Kelia joined us, we got hot cider. Mom and dad got, um, cider slushies, which was really nice. So yeah. we ended up walking around taking some photo shoots. I put... It's a lot of photo shoots. Oh my goodness. And I had such a cute little bandana on Noel. Oh, you did. Uh, yeah. So it was like this, um, pumpkin spice... Which she managed to dislodge colored, a couple of times. Yeah. Flannel. A flannel. Yeah. Pumpkin yeah. spice... Flannel, flannel, orange, brown. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, burgundy bandana that was frayed at the end. So we stopped. And they have like really cute picturesque places as well. Yep. Again, going back to the Hallmark um, yep. look to it. So they have like these old barns and um, trees that would look fantastic on like Christmas cards and things. So this is a great place to think about that. So we went and walked around. She got to see turkeys and little kids and really kind of like interact with different things. Me, Kelia, Mom, and Noelle went through a cage maze. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, her paws got muddy, but as the day went on, she walked the it sun off. came off. Yeah. And yeah, she dried <laughs> off really nicely. Hi. Um, she's looking at me right now. But so she had like a lot of fun. And then we went out to the pumpkin patch. And uh, she right. got to set on the tractor ride. Yep. yep. Got to go out, see the pumpkins, patch. We took some pictures, came back. And then um, while uh, the rest of the family went to 
the corn maze, me and Noelle just sat in the car for a bit to cool off and he gave Noelle some water stuff. But this was a really, really good experience. She also got to sniff other dogs. And yeah. Yeah, so the, I was super, I've been excited for this since actually I got Noelle. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah, funny. I'm looking forward to this. Um, the Great Country Farm was the is near a place where we used to go to preschool so it does have like a lot of nostalgia for us yeah and um it was exciting to just share that with my puppy i went and took her to get a haircut recently so she looks nice for pictures so i'm very happy with how everything turned out and she had a lot of fun and later she was just so tired yeah Yeah, she was so tired yeah that's a lot for one little puppy yeah yeah and it is it's funny because you think about it for the next however many years she'll be going with us mm-hmm. each year here because it is for us an annual event yes and this is something that you know it's one of those things for me a nostalgia thing for me you know i'm gonna miss cole yeah. he's not gonna be with us mm-hmm. but he's gonna be doing things in florida and he'll share those things and it'll be a lot of fun for him and yeah. I'm you guys for can him. come down and we can do a lot of Disney World and other right. Florida related. I'm sure they have gator farms down there that you visit yeah. in the fall. <laughs> you know. A great gator farm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what that's the other thing about this farm. They have areas that are picturesque and nice. It's not crowded with stuff. It has tons of stuff, but there's enough acreage that it's not so crowded that you feel crowded ever. There, there's only a couple places where you realize how many people were there at any given time like the line to go to the pumpkin patch yes you know they have they run only you know, a certain number of tractors a day and busier days are run more but there's definitely a line to get there yes right and then the uh when the roosterant is open and serving fresh cattle corn or fresh apple cider do- apple cider donuts yes apple cider donuts then it can get a long line there too yes. but but and they have like other stuff for kids little kids that we've never done like they have Mining for gems. They, they started, have like a yeah. fossil thing that you can do. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've really expanded a lot of different things. For teenagers, they have the the uh, howitzer launch for the apples. They've got the corn maze. So they're really trying to think of things for all ages, right. which is great. So the whole family has the something family, to do. That's right. Regardless of your stage in life. Right. Or, you know, animals and things like that. You can you can really enjoy yourself. Oh, you don't want to go down? <laughs> Noelle, Randy's holding Noelle, so he thought she wanted down. The other place you can see how many people are there is the parking. Yes, that's yeah. Right. Just so many cars. When we came, when we by the time we left at noon, and we were going through, just so many cars. I'm happy for them. Last year with COVID, I think we could go, but you had time slots, and only yes. a certain number of people could go. Right. So this year is probably so yeah, much, much better for them. And of course they have now, and I think we've mentioned this before, this particular place has an apple cider, hard cider that they make themselves. They have a brewery where they make their own beer. They have a vineyard where they make their own wine. They have a whole apple orchard. Yeah, all those huge. places have huge places to socialize with friends. So they definitely have things for the, the young adult crowd as yep. well, as well as the older adults. and. Um, I think, you know, when we went to Ohio, we saw a couple of these kind of places on the way. There's actually a place between us and Bluemont on the way that's trying to become another one of these kind of places. Right. So I think it's another way for farms that do 
generally make their money from corn or from cattle or, or whatever to kind of expand into an area that can make them money year-round. Right. And it, it's been a model that's worked really well for great country farms. It has. Um, they ha- It's a whole family business. Yep. They invest a lot of money back into the business. They but expand. I think they really do reap the wo- rewards from doing so. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. You, we could see the farm that's, tr- that's at the more beginning stages of right. this. You could kind of see them adding some things. Right, each year, yep. Right, so it's going to take a while till they can get to this point. I mean, because like you said, Great Country Farms has vineyards, they have breweries, they have hard cider. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy the things they've done. But I just shout out to Great Country Farms. We really enjoy it. If you live in anywhere close, we would recommend it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now all they need is a Hallmark Channel show. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You could even call it the Great Country Farms. True. And that would work. That that's would be true. that's our Hallmark esque title. That's right. That's right. Another thing that we got there is kettle corn, and they and make excellent kettle corn. They do. And when Dad got into the car and I opened up the kettle corn, and Dad was like, "Yeah, good thing I didn't get the large pack." I'm like, "This this isn't the large pack." He's like, "No, this is the small." So I think I mean, the large have, pack was like three feet tall. It oh was so big. They have big things of kettle corn, and they are really good. You can tell it's homemade. But that got me thinking about what kettle corn is and maybe like a little bit of the history of kettle corn. So this is what I found. And this is on the website called bestdarnkettlecorn.com. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Kettle corn has grown in popularity over the years to become one of the tastiest snack foods on the market. With the ease people have fitting it into their diets and its ability to take on flavors that people add. Kettle corn represents a versatile snack. But have you ever wondered about this delectable snack food and its secret of its history? Where did kettle corn originate? It's a valid question with answers shrouded in mystery. Here at Best Darn Kettle Corn, we provide the best popcorn flavors online so that your next delicious sweet and salty fix is just a click away. We know a thing or two about kettle corn and some facts about its storied history. Before we explore the various theories about where kettle corn came from, let's define kettle corn. What is kettle corn? And this is kind of what I was thinking because we all know like what caramel corn is. Yeah. But I was like, what What makes kettle corn kettle corn? Yeah. Well, it's actually pretty simple. Kettle corn is sweet and salty popcorn, popularly sold at flea markets, fairs, and festivals, and obviously farms. Right. During the cooking process, sugar gets added to the popcorn to balance sweetness and saltiness, making it such a craveable snack staple. So actually, that's all it really is. They add sugar to the popcorn and that makes it kettle corn. That's so interesting because it, it has yeah. a very light, sweet coating. Right, so obviously very they light. have like a balance. Right. Right, but where did kettle corn originate? There has been some dispute about where the delicacy originally came from with arguments for both Germanic and Dutch roots being the two most likely places. However. Kettle corn, as we know it, began to show up in the late 1770s in the colonial United States. In the 18th century, European immigrants traveled to America with kettle corn. 
The first historical reference of this popular product can be found amongst the diaries of Dutch Pennsylvania settlers. Hey, Pennsylvania. It's funny because I was thinking when you said Dutch and German, both of those Classic. Settled in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so I wondered Pennsylvania. if Pennsylvania was going to play a big part in this. Mm -hmm. At the time, kettle corn was produced both in Dutch ovens and cast iron kettles. Even back then, it was a popular treat at fairs and other festive occasions. However, the Dutch used honey rather than sugar to sweeten the corn. That tradition as a fair and festival mainstay has persisted throughout history to the present day. Like most historical accounts of food, kettle corn's exact origin cannot be pinpointed to a definite place or person. Some historians say that it dates from the 18th century farmers who would cook their corn in cast iron pots they used for rendering lard. They would place the corn over an open fire where it could cook in the pork fat. If they wanted to sweeten their recipe, they would add sugar, honey, or molasses. Now. Let's go to the Wild West. There are also historical references to cowboys in the Wild West creating kettle corn using molasses and honey. Throughout the early to mid 19th century, kettle corn was incredibly popular across the United States. As we continue to look back at how kettle corn has evolved over the generations, there are places you will commonly find the delicacy. You'll almost always see kettle corn as a feature of Civil War reenactments which indicates that the snack was popular in the mid-1800s. Today, kettle corn can be purchased in various places, including grocery stores, concession stands and theaters, and movies. The enduring popularity of kettle corn means that people have latched onto the salty sweet treat and have enabled the market for it to continue to grow. We're sure that you will agree the microwave versions of this treat don't taste as good as when it's made fresh from scratch. Mm -hmm. So whether it's cheese popcorn, caramel corn, chocolate, or gourmet variations that make your mouth water, kettle corn is definitely one of the great salty sweet treats. Yeah, and I was thinking there are a bunch of different popcorn flavors out there mm -hmm. and... I don't care as much for caramel corn because mm -hmm. it's too sweet for me. Exactly. There's, yes. The it's coating very is strong. too yeah. right. There's too much on it. But kettle corn gives us that light, mm -hmm. um, sweet flavor. So I really enjoy that. Yeah. And I was looking up recipes about how to make kettle corn. It's very interesting. There's definitely emphasis on the fluffy popcorn and mixing that with salt, but also like a good combination of sugar but that it's not too overwhelming. Right, because when you make when you make homemade popcorn, sometimes it's hard to get the just the right ratio of salt on there. Right. Yeah. Right? To and you're sometimes you add a little more or whatever, let alone trying to add sugar in there too. So it has to be a skill that's acquired, like mm -hmm. that you learn and it's not like just, oh, I'm going to throw some sugar into this pot of popcorn that I'm making. Yeah, in Great Country Farm, I really do like their kettle corn. It is very good, and we are definitely snacking on that on the way home. Yeah, all three of us. Yeah. Uh, we were, there were three humans in the car, and then the puppy, <laughs> and the three humans were all snacking on the kettle corn on the way home. Yeah, yeah. So, very fun. Yeah, it is interesting that you can really change the flavor quite a bit, depending how you cook the popcorn and how you how much sugar and salt mm -hmm. is in there so and you can yeah. tell who has been doing it for a while because if you go to a place some of the recipes are like 
so refined over time that it's just fantastic. Yeah. And you can usually tell by the kettle corn lines being extensively long. Right. Yes. Or because people will come for kettle corn specifically. Yeah. Right. Or the like at Great Country Farms. Mm-hmm. The small is two feet. The large is three feet. Something like that. Of yeah. Bag. So small, medium, large is by a foot. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was huge. Whatever it was. Looking at how much you've eaten of the kettle corn between mostly between the two of you, I oh, should yeah, have gotten the big between one. Between the two of us, yeah. <laughs> I ate that a little bit. But yeah, a little bit. I don't like kettle corn as much as regular popcorn. I know. All right, you're just making fun of me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Because on the way home, you probably ate more kettle corn than I've ever. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. That was my only option on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he wants more kettle corn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Yeah. So we. Um, we love kettle corn and the farms in the fall. And, of course, that leads us time-wise into Thanksgiving time frame. And we've actually talked about that. a number of traditions um, over the Thanksgiving period. When I look back over our podcast over the years, we've talked about the dog show that we love. We've talked about the different foods that we eat during Thanksgiving meal. We've talked about the, the shows that we watch on Thanksgiving Day that kind of kick off the Christmas season. So a lot of the different traditions we've talked about. But one we haven't talked about too much is actually watching football on Thanksgiving. Now, this is probably a little bit, you know, not the same for everybody. First of all, we're talking American football, American Thanksgiving, right? We're also talking about people that like football versus people that don't like football, right? Right. But the majority of the people in the United States... Do like yes. football. Yes. Seem to like it. Yes. Now, I think, though, inside a person's home, there's probably people that don't enjoy it as much. It generally it starts to have, uh, come on during the day in the afternoon. So uh, people tend to plan their dinners around a game if it's a really important game to, to some people. But we've been doing this tradition of watching football um, since... Almost as long as Thanksgiving itself was a holiday. So do you know when Thanksgiving became a national holiday? I love that Ooh. holiday. But when did it become uh, a holiday? I forget which president. It was President Lincoln. Yeah, okay. He declared Thanksgiving a national holiday in 1863. That's so fun. But then it didn't become like... Didn't it like... The day itself wasn't set until... Years yeah, I think later. It, yeah, I think yeah. it moved around, right? Um, now, the earliest Thanksgiving Day football games began only a, f- a few years later. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it re- really was in the late 1860s that football on Thanksgiving Day started to pop up. It was actually Yale and Princeton that first played on a Thanksgiving Day in 1876. So that was like 13 years later, which then became... Um, a tradition, right? So other ones had played earlier, but this this became a tradition back in 1876 when football, the American football, was still evolving from a hybrid rugby style of sport that we know today. The universities of Michigan and Chicago also built famous holiday rivalries by the late 1890s, where, where then that transformed into thousands of football games by different leagues playing on Thanksgiving Day and doing their traditional matchups on those days. So, for instance, the some high schools in Massachusetts, Boston Latin High School and English High School of Boston, have faced off every Thanksgiving Day since 1887. Oh, wow. Through, that's quite a today, history. Isn't it? Through yeah. today. Yeah. That's amazing. 
So when professional football leagues first caught on around the turn of the century, they adopted Thanksgiving Day as a tradition as well, and many saved the holiday for their title games or their big matchups. But when the National Football League was founded in 1920, it began hosting as many as six Thanksgiving contests each year. So today, NFL actually holds three Thanksgiving Day games related to um, uh, different traditions. So one of the traditions is that the Detroit, the Detroit Lions always play on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, and I think that goes back to like 66 or something like that. So it actually began in 1934 Wow. when the owner... George Richards uh, wanted his team to attract more fans and decided to give playing time on Thanksgiving a shot. And he owned a radio station and he negotiated a deal with NBC to have his team broadcast on 94 stations throughout the United States on Thanksgiving Day. So uh, that's kind of how that tradition started for, for the Detroit Lions. Now their first game they played back in 1934, they actually lost to the Chicago Bears, but it was a well-attended game um, for the for the day. Basically, the other big team that plays every Thanksgiving is the Dallas Cowboys. So they came into the league as a team in 1960, and the NFL was looking to include some more games on Thanksgiving Day. So the owner of the Cowboys at the time, Tex Schramm, yes, his first name was Tex, volunteered to have his team play on the holiday to gain more exposure, which obviously paid off. On that day in 1966, that's that's the one I was thinking. They of, had the a Cowboys, record crowd 66. of 80 over 82,000 people showed up in the Cotton Bowl where they played at the time to see the Cowboys beat the Cleveland Browns. Go Cowboys in that case because I don't like the Browns. Uh, yeah, we don't like the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> so they played every year except for the years when there wasn't any Thanksgiving Day games due to World War II, basically. So Dallas has always been the late afternoon game. So they follow the Detroit game, which is usually earlier in the afternoon. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, even if your team isn't playing, a lot of times you'll watch the Thanksgiving Day game. But I remember a few years back, going a few years back, skipping several of the games just because they were they were kind of stinkers. They were not really good teams playing each other because the Cowboys, the Cowboys are looking better this year, but they haven't really been good for a while Detroit hasn't really been good for a while, so usually they're not super, at least the few years back, they haven't been super exciting games. But usually I'll still put them on, mm-hmm. just because it's the Thanksgiving Day game. Right. And now they actually added a third Thanksgiving Day game. It's been 15 years since they've added that. In 2006, the Kansas City Chiefs started to play on Thanksgiving Day as well. Now they don't always play every year, so that team switches, but they've added a third game 15 years ago, and now they continue to have three games on Thanksgiving Day. So who's playing this year? So yeah, uh, this year's actually a little more exciting. Uh, now, so the the first game, the you know early game in air quotes, it's at 12:30, so mm-hmm. it's not uh, super early, but. It's probably the least exciting. It's the, well, I guess it's the most historical, maybe. It's the Bears-Lions. Yep. So that's the same as that first 1934 that's right. game. Neither of them are doing particularly fantastic this year. No. Uh, so that will be uh, maybe the one to, to miss. I apologize <laughs> to any Lions or Bears fans out there. Um, the 430 game is a, a little more exciting. Raiders at Cowboys. 
both of those teams are playing pretty well this year. Both of them have got playoff stakes. So that one may be, may be uh, a little more exciting. Uh, then the late game is the Bills at the Saints. Okay. So that'll be a pretty good one, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, that could be. And yeah. that's at 8.20 p.m. Yes, that's right. So I will, I'll probably catch the, uh, the Raiders-Cowboys game if I can, uh, but I'll definitely tune in to the Bills-Saints game at 8.20. One of the things I thought was interesting at the Pro Football Hall of Fame that I didn't realize was, was the amount of points that a touchdown, a field goal, and a conversion after a touchdown generated for your team. So we mentioned that this tradition of Thanksgiving Day games dates all the way back to 1876. Um, so in 1876, a touchdown was actually worth four points. Really? Yeah. And a field goal, kicking a field goal, was worth five points. Really? Yeah. And a conversion after a touchdown, a kick conversion, was worth two points. So kicking was actually worth more back in the but early days. But if you convert it, it was worth more to get a touchdown. Yes. If you, it was, it was, so if you did the touchdown and then the conversion, conversion it, was six points. it was six points. But yes. that was only one more point. Yeah. So there's no... Maybe kickers were just really bad. Yeah, well, back and, then. And back then, a forward pass wasn't legal back then. When oh, first okay. Started. So it was like rugby. Yeah, it was a little more... The running game was the, the thing. Right. And the kicking game. So I thought that was interesting. It That's wasn't actually until 1912 that the touchdown became worth six point, the field goal worth three points, and the conversion worth one point. So I thought that yeah. was interesting. And I didn't realize that for a while. It was, it was switched. So that's kind of funny. Um, oh, and something that I forgot was uh, last year, the Thanksgiving Day game. So you mentioned that they added a third game, and that's a primetime game. Usually right. uh, in the NFL, if it's a late game, that's when they call it the primetime Right. It game. tends to be the better matchup. It tends to be the best matchup that they can. Usually they'll shuffle teams right. around during the season so that they can put better teams in the primetime. Right. Um, so last year, the primetime game actually got delayed because of COVID. Yep. Do you remember what matchup that was? Steelers. Steelers Ravens. Ravens. Yep. Yep. I remember so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that, two teams. that well, yeah. Um, and it, when the game actually happened, it was not great. No. Um, but that was mostly because of COVID problems. Yes. It was a weird year yeah, last year. So um, hopefully no delays on primetime this year. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy your your traditions. If one of them is watching football, we hope you have a good time watching your teams or whichever teams you're rooting for um, have a good game our future festivities are for the week of november 1st so we're into november now happy november everybody november 1st is dios los muertos november 2nd is all souls day november 3rd is sandwich day november 4th national candy day november 5th bonfire night november 6th Marooned Without a Compass Day. And November 7th is Daylight Saving Time Ends. Oh, so that's when you fall, fall back. back. Gain yep. an hour. You can always follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram, we're at Holiday Moons, all one word. You can find us on Facebook by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And you can email us at any time at hollymoons at gmail.com. So for Cole, Beth, Sydney, and Randy, happy autumn!